Welcome to the nation. Which nation? The nation dedicated to the single greatest sport on planet Earth, Slam Ball Nation. I'm your co-host, Brendan Kirsch, head coach of the undefeated, undisputed world champion. That's the most important part, world champion mob. Joined by my co-host, head coach of the Buzzsaw, or as my six-year-old daughter likes to say, the Buzzsaws. The yes. one and only, Hernando Planels Jr. Coach H, what's happening? Well, I love to think or say that I have as many titles as you are, but at this time, as I share with the rest of you, I'm just an unemployed SAG card holder just here for the laughs and the fellowship with these guys today. All right. If you're unfortunate enough to be actually watching this instead of just <laughs> listening to the podcast, and, and I question that, um, you've noticed our guest. He's sitting here waiting patiently as we blather on, as we tend to do. Does he look familiar? He should. It's none other than Stan Shakes Fletcher, one of the greatest slam ball players of all time. Some would say the GOAT. And we can debate mm -hmm. that later on in the podcast. But his credentials and job titles don't in there. He's the VP of Competition and Player Relations in Slamball. He made his head coaching debut in Series 6 with the Slashers. He's also the host and producer of a Slamball podcast that is much better produced and a lot more interesting <laughs> than this one. Shake up the game. Stan, welcome to the nation, brother. Yeah, they probably, since you're a uh, sad card holder and broke, then I probably got lupus to where they don't know who I am right now. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> it's you know, good to be I'm glad to be on. Thank you. Thank you. I've been watching the Slam Ball Slam Nation, man, like, you know, since you guys started. And, uh, you know, first of all, I love you guys because y'all were my <laughs> coaches. You know, I wish I had a coach. I'll say that. I don't mean I wish I had a coach in Slam Ball. And if I did have a coach, it would have been one of you two guys. <laughs> <laughs> we would have been so lucky. I'll tell you, the mob or the or the uh, bouncers would have won a couple more championships if Stan Shakes Fletcher was on the roster. I can promise you that. Maybe I would have won a damn game in my life, then. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I wouldn't know what to do with you, Shakes. I'd be like, hey, man, just uh, do you. <laughs> just do you, and let's see where it goes. That's it. That's my coaching philosophy. Oh, man. We needed some leadership, man. Oh. <laughs> Well, I tell you this, uh, I love John Starks as a player, not as a slam ball coach. Thank you. Sorry. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. We don't even know what John Starks is doing, but if you're listening, I have your rookie card. If you don't mind signing it, I'd like to get a couple bucks off you. But, you know. Appreciate you, Starks. So this is a true story. When we had celebrity coaches, we had John Starks, obviously, Xavier McDaniel. We had some like some, some studs, some well-known guys that had uh, pedigree in the NBA. And then we had <clears throat> we had Ragib Ishmael, the Rocket from Notre Dame, obviously. Now, yep. I grew up in Indiana, Irish Catholic. Like, I was a huge Notre Dame fan. I watched him return a kickoff against Colorado that got called back in the national championship, and then he returned it again. And like I was such a I was such a rocket fan, and the entire season he was the only guy I wanted to get a picture with. And so we played them, we beat them, and then I was like, not a good time to take a picture. And then we played them a second time and beat them. I was like, not a good time. And then we played them a third time in the playoffs and beat them. And I was like, well, I may never see the guy again. So right after the game, I was like, coach, is it okay if I get a picture with you? And he was like, absolutely. He was so great about it. But wait, wait, yeah. hold on. First of all. First of all, let's make a correction on that story. You actually beat me because during the whole preseason, I, I, you know, I've been the vouchers coach forever. Then all of a sudden we get to Universal like, oh, hey, 
Rahi Bishmael is going to be the head coach. I said, and and you're going to have Mason Gordon. What? 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 Did I win? Yeah. I had no oh, idea. No, nah, no, nah, I'm not rolling. See, I wasn't, I wasn't no VP or nothing back then. I was just <laughs> playing with a damn brown jersey. I'm like, who wears brown to play sports? <laughs> but, the Mullers, baby. Name the Cleveland Browns. Oh, Whatever. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm like, okay, who is the coach? Because I'm not saying Rocket is the coach. I don't care how fast you are. You know, is the is the coach of the bouncers? So I never knew that that was going on behind the scenes. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it was it was me and then Coach Barakoff as well too. Because Mark, you know, they had they shut down the bandits. Then he came over because then we had Martise Moore, and then all of a sudden we've got all this. And I remember them telling me this. I was like, I mean, he is the rocket. Okay, sure. I mean, like, what am I? What am I gonna say? Like, well, he's got a Heisman or whatever. He's playing the Rose Bowl. I mean, you know, what have I done? Oh, I was fat back then. That's what I'm saying. So I was like, all right, cool, cool. Coach, you were beautiful then and now, but you did try <laughs> to get in that picture, and I was like, no, Coach, I need you to slide out. It's just supposed to be Rocket and I. <laughs> all right, we got to start off with. Well, it's probably not breaking news, but here's what we got. <clears throat> you all know that Series 6 bit a bit unusual, right? Like Kevin Stapleton was the head coach of the Slashers. He fought through several different health issues. We're not going to dive into it, but it was scary for all of us involved. Um, but fought through some of those. Slamball was very fortunate to have uh, Stan take over. Stan, you led the Slashers to a 9-7 and seven overall record, a berth in the championship game in the very first year you ever coached, second place overall finish. So we want to know here on Slamball Nation, will you be the head coach of the Slashers in series seven this summer? I'm, I'm really torn. I, 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 I would say right now, I would say no, uh, because I, I think that there's, you know, more guys that, that need coaching spots and, you know, and I think uh, I'm useful in other places also, but I do feel kind of torn because I don't want to leave my guys that I built this bond with and, and coaching is really what ended up being very fun to me. And it's something that I still need to learn at. And I haven't learned that much yet. You know, I just got my first chance to do that. And I, and I, and, and I felt like, oh, man, I, I, I really like building on what I was building on and, and learning from Stapleton, you know, which is a guy that I respected in the same breath as you guys. Uh, and, 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 you know, taking in my read did a really good job, too, of, of helping but just that experience of just learning how to bring a team together and, and, and like, you know, uh, understanding what things are working, what things are not working and being able to come back like, oh, I got this new idea. I got to put this in because this is happening. And just adjusting the whole way made it a chess match the, 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 the entire season. And that was fun for me. That part was very fun. And then just building that bond and knowing that guys are, looking for you to, to, you know, to have, to see the future for them. You get what I'm saying? And that, that part, I have a hard time leaving, but if something bigger or something that doesn't take my time up uh, too much in order to not coach, then I would, I would definitely still coach if I can, but I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like there's a, reason why I should coach right now when you know where we're at as a as a company like we're right. we're short we're short-handed so me wearing this hat and then 
going over here just to coach when I got to leave that stuff alone that, that might not that might not work out too well you know well you know one of the things that I was really impressed now so as many of you guys know Stan and I faced off in the semifinals so I show up to the arena and I, I put a big premium on rest I'm like you know I, I didn't I was like we got to rest we got to rest Stan was having full on like full speed practice before our game. And I was like, in my mind as a coach, like, oh yeah, hey, Stan, keep on practicing, brother. Keep on. This is gonna be good. But it definitely worked to your favor. And I didn't think about this till later on, where the games are only 20 minutes long, if that, right? It's super high. So the reality is you may not be even full on full speed motion or your body super warmed up till like maybe the third quarter. Is that something you did every game? Is that something you're like, hey, you know what? We need a win, so we're going to do this today. What was that thought process with that? Yeah, it's, you know you know how our season is, right? It's a gradual buildup throughout the whole series. You know, I was big on, on taking the breaks and resting and, and listening to Joe the whole time. Mm -hmm. But when it came to playoffs, it's like, <laughs> oh, it's, we don't got no more time. Right. We, we only have this amount of time. And there's a, there was some other things that I needed to put in at that time because you guys had adjusted to us really well. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, outside of the mob, which you guys just killed us, but you, the buzzsaw was someone that really understood what we were doing and made the adjustments to, to, to put a monkey wrench in our whole plan. So mm -hmm. I, had, I had things that I had to adjust to and, and change at, even at that moment. So the going full on was like actually a teaching moment at the same time. And, you know, we had to do some different things for sure. Mm. Well, it worked, yeah, you, damn it. It worked. It did work. It did work. You did such a great job as a coach. You know, I, I can't, I can't really, uh, I, I haven't said this enough, but uh, Carson's really, really stepped up for us at, at that, at that time, you know, and no matter whatever I put in, you know, you know how important the stopper is, and he mm -hmm. just he did an excellent job. So I got to like you know shout him out for this moment. Yeah, yeah, he was. We talked about this at nauseum. Where if you look at the final four teams in the playoffs, all four you could probably force rank the stoppers in those four teams. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to have a great stopper to be able to keep compete for a championship in slam ball. Some teams just had great stoppers, and there were injuries. Some teams just never found what that stopper was, but totally agree. Karstens was unbelievable, as was Amir Smith when you had him back there. He he could do it all. I mean, gunner and stopper. Yeah, he he reminds me of uh, old school David Redman when he first started. You know, mm -hmm. just the, the guy that can do both both sides. And you know, David didn't have the opportunity to run the wing as much as he should have. That's how I feel. But you know, that's why I let. Amir, I, and I knew what was going to keep him happy also. <laughs> he mm -hmm. touched the ball a few times, you know what I mean? And make sure he yeah. gets some dunks in, and he ended up making some really good plays for us too, but you know, on the offense and back there at Stopper. So it's, I, I was blessed to have the, the guys that I got. I don't know how that happened because my the, the pick, the selection place I was in wasn't that great, and then I didn't know who I was going to pick, even though I saw everybody. You know, mm -hmm. but Stapleton had his list. He was in the hospital, but I had I had Stapleton with me. You know, so that was yep. cool. Yeah. Well, play, I mean, you do, you know, you're right. When we draft, we're not sure what we get, but obviously you had Tony, 
You st- Bradley, you picked earlier, and Bradley was just great at that backside lob, throwing it, and really, I mean, we watch film, and I'm watching his eyes, and he would kind of throw you off with his eyes on what he's looking at and, and things like that. I mean, you really coached up these guys, but how how big were those two guys offensively for you, Tony and Bradley? Well, I'll say this about, because I know we talk about Tony so much, so I'm going to I'm gonna go to him second, but Bradley is someone that I picked uh, first. You know, I picked him super early because, mm-hmm. you know, Bradley came in really late in training camp and he came in right around the time we started scrimmaging. And he probably only been on the floor maybe one day before we started scrimmaging. And he was making super impact. Him, it, it happened to be him, Tony, and Enzo on the same team in training camp. And they mm-hmm. won like three or four games together. And Bradley had just got there. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, you know, I didn't see him as he was going to super dominate, but he's mm-hmm. going to make all the right adjustments. He's going to read. He's going to play smart. He's going to hustle. He's not scared. I just thought that he's going to also just be the, the facilitator that we needed. No matter what player we get, he's going to make sure that the team's going to run, you know, effectively. He'll make the extra pass, you know. I mean, just like – like, I mean, just between you and I, Stan, because no one else is listening here, how much you picking Bradley, what, did he remind you at all with your former backcourt mate, I, I guess we call it backcourt and slam ball, Michael Goldman? Yeah, he reminded me a lot of Mike. He reminded me, he, he remind me of Mike when Mike used to attack the basket, though. Not, not, wait, wait, not wait. Mike. When? Mike got muscles. That must have been pre-slam ball. When was that? Mike came in Series 3. He had muscles, but he didn't go to the back. <laughs> he did have muscles. That's right. That's right. He was jet. He wore that cutoff all the time. Yeah. He was, he was, I thought he was over now. I was like, oh, but you got muscles, but now you don't want to use them. Okay, whatever. So, <laughs> remind me of Mike Coleman before the muscles. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> He was. I, how many highlights are there of uh, the Goldman Fletcher connection? That was. That was. I mean, that's iconic in old slam ball. And we talk about old slam ball. Stan, you 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 played in old slam ball. You coached in new slam ball. What are the differences? What are the differences in your opinion between old and new slam ball, and which one is better? Uh, I think I, I really, really, you know, I'll be the one to say this. I know a lot of guys have been hit me like man, they don't hit, they don't do this, they don't do that. And I'm like, man, look, it's a game now. It's a strategic game now. That's right. You know, it's, a, it's a skillful game now. These players have longevity because we're not just trying to blow everybody up every single play. Like, you know, like, the, the you know, I know you guys seen, we got plays where the ball is on the total opposite side of the court and guys are just going nuts, one-on-one, just, <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing happening back there. Please go. That? You know, it's just a skillful game. Guys, are, you know, there's things happening before you get in the springs. There's a lot of stuff going on when you get in the springs. There's tempo. There's, you know, um, and then we still have those moments where it's very hard, physical. And mm-hmm. you, still, you have those moments where you slow it down. You know, because you have to get into your set. It's a skillful game now, and I really love it. I really love it. 
You know, I know that the guys, this is the thing is for us to have the type of series that we had right now with these guys never played slam ball before playing that way. Think about series two, three, four, five for them. Wow. We're going to see some amazing slam ball. So I, I think this is, I'm going to say, I think this is better. I look at series uh, slam ball season one. It looks crazy. When I look at this, absolutely crazy. I don't know how we got on Sports Center. Well, there was Slam Ball Series One, which I think we have to chalk up in like its own little kind of bucket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was Slam Ball Series Two and Three in China, and and kind of the rest of it. But I agree with you. I think um, if you look back in it, because you know. I, I've coached a lot of slam ball. I saw a lot of big hits this past season in slam ball, but I agree with you. What I think the difference is that fans are seeing is I think the hits in old slam ball were much bigger. Mm-hmm. I think you saw massive collisions both in the air and on the floor with guys being completely obliterated. And I think it, it made it seem like there were more hits than there were. I think there were actually more hits on the floor this last time around with slam ball, but they mm-hmm. were nowhere near as severe as the old hits. And I think if you look at that almost like I don't look at that as a bad thing. I know everybody has their opinion. I look at it as the evolution of sports. Like if you look how the NFL was playing football 20 years ago when we were playing slam ball, there was a lot of massive hits happening then too. And we've seen, you know, that sport has been around unlike slam ball for 20 years. We've seen those hits have to evolve for player safety and all those types of things. There's still plenty of hitting in the NFL, but I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of what we have in slam ball now too, is just hits but I don't think you're ever going to see those massive explosion hits in the air on the floor like we had back back in the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. Like back, I'm thinking about back then when the uh, NFL they only had like one bar across. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. you would see there was missing teeth and all type of stuff. It was crazy back then, you know. And you know, and it, even me watching the NFL, you know, ten years ago was still bigger hits and all that stuff, but it's still fast football now. It's fast. It's, you know, it's explosive. And that's what we have. People are choosing their moments the right way appropriately now. Yeah. And and I think we're also having just guys from different sports. I mean, the reality is season one, two, and three were just guys who were like basketball guys just trying to hit. And sometimes it's really ugly or really dirty. Now we've got guys who get low, who have played football at some point in their career, and they know how to explode and really get up under someone and then make the proper contact. And I agree with you. I, I, I think the players now are much more skilled. Um, and, and again, I always go back to it. Like, I, I don't know if they're any softer or not. They just grew up in a different time. And now, and Shakes, you see this with, Amir on social media, Tony on social media, a lot of these guys on social media. Now they have other outlets. They have other passions and that's okay. As long as we constantly evolve with them back then, it's like, yo, this is what we got. Like, this is all we have. And now we're going to just do everything we can, can to do it. But I mean, but, but here's the thing. It just shows you where you coach your team, how well they got better over the course of the year, how they embraced your philosophy and how you made a successful jump from playing to coaching, which is not easy. What was that for you? Like, did you were like, oh, this coaching is easy? Or were there like these moments you're like, oh, shit. 
I hate this. I just want to strangle all of these mother. I'm so sorry. I'm not supposed to cuss on here. I'm so sorry. Slam ball management. Go. Uh, the last part you said with the MF thing. Yeah, I felt that way. <laughs> no matter. Yeah. But, you know, I, when they asked me to coach, I was like, yeah, I'm about to do it. And then I went home. I was like, oh, damn, what did I just do? Because <laughs> I put myself into that, that same category. I'm like, yeah, they want to see me fail. That's what they do. It sets you up really good. <laughs> and so I was like, no, nah, you know, it's a, it's a really good challenge. Luckily, I, you know, was able to get a lot of experience with training slam ball. When I was mm -hmm. going out to China, I didn't really coach slam ball. I had more, <laughs> I refereed more than I coached. You know? <laughs> so, but I trained a lot of the people um, that was there. A lot of the team, all the teams, I trained the coaches who wanted to coach out there, and it and it just gave me uh, that the experience I needed to be able to learn how to implement certain things, right? And I I, I didn't have a a, um, a system in place or anything like that, but I definitely was just up for the challenge, you know. But I knew that hey, I'm facing the um, you know, a good player never makes a good coach, um, you know, situation. So I, halfway during the season, that's when I got to like, these mother y'all gonna do this. <laughs> Spoken like every coach everywhere, eventually. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, but you make a great point because you talk about the training. I don't. <laughs> You talk about old slam ball, new slam ball. I think old slam ball did as good a job as they knew how to do with training players. And I don't think mm -hmm. it was quite as comprehensive back then as, as it is today. No. We've talked about it. You know, you talk about safety training. I mean, I remember the drill where you you jump over a pad and you come down on your elbow pads and knee pads and slide. And then it's like, all right, let's play some slam ball. It's evolved dramatically since then. I want to hear your thoughts on like the evolution of training and slam ball. Cause you've been at the forefront at the heart of that. I just was telling um, inches that I, we was talking about that same drill. And the <laughs> worst part about it is I said, our dumbasses actually did it. Like, <laughs> Like we made it, to, it's like a real drill now. We're jumping over this pole from the top. We jump over the spring bed to the top spring bed and jump over a pole like like it's high jump, and then land on our knees and our elbows, and we jump on like level. Like what? What are we doing? Why are we use that? If that's if that's part of the game, why are we playing this? Oh my god! Oh my. What? I'm telling you, it was that and rim hangs. And then it was like, all right, let's play. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then it was like, throw the ball off the glass and let's go, right? Yep. How many you look at you look at what you did now. Look at what you did this offseason. I mean, you, they had you come in with your role in slam ball and put together an entire training package, a lot of which you were doing in China, I know with the Chinese players, but you put, put together an entire training package and you basically were single-handedly responsible for getting the players who have never touched a slam ball court in their life right. to being slam ball ready, draft ready in two weeks. It, it For half of them, one week. So talk about how you did that and kind of the evolution of training within the sport. It really, it really was a lot of the, the China experience because I, 
I when I was in China, I got to do so much training where I got to level out what type of training happens in a certain amount of time period on the floor. And I got to mm -hmm. that over and over and over again, where I got so comfortable with that, where I, I start understanding how a body language looks, where you're ready to accept more or, you know, where your body is ready to accept more out of the slam ball court, out of the springs, potentially. Right. And now, I'm faced against with the back against the wall is the time frame that we have in order for these guys to get ready. So now I'm map, I'm just mapping it out. I did always think about for you know moving forward um, that time frame did affect some of the decisions sometimes, and then sometimes you still have to be kind of hard and hold some people back. You know, mm -hmm. no matter what it's going to be, and I and I could have and I felt like I could have prevented some other things that happened. Last training camp, but and and because it was in my head, and I really thought about it, and I went home and I was mad at myself for not taking action on that, you know, and and but but that China experience just gave me that it gave me enough time to just trial and error, you know, and uh, I ended up leaving China without what maybe five or six injuries, you know, out of six years, almost seven years. So I was very confident in you know what what type of skills. Now I did add, I did have to add more things because American players are a little bit more you know better than or more after I don't know. <laughs> what you said, what you said is correct. More athletic, <laughs> more athletic. Right, that sounds better. Uh, China, J O, yeah, yeah, but. I think they're that, never going to see this anyway, Stan, because of the great <laughs> firewall. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, so, but I did, so I had to add in a little bit uh, more, you know, higher, higher, uh, you know, athleticism type of skills and mix more things in and kind of ramp it up. But I just, I just felt really, really com confident about it. And then, you know, I also had all the slam ball coaches that are, the highest level of slamball minds that we can bring together is like the slamball X-Men group came together. So I was always asking you guys, hey, what's up? Can you guys do this? Because I would want to make sure, you know, because you guys are thinking about it the same way. Like I'm thinking about it, you know, um, and, and if you had something, I'm like, man, I need you guys help. And we all came together and carved out a really good plan. Well, there were there were a hell of a lot of way too many x-men that's all i'm saying there was a lot of x-men everywhere but 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 here's the thing and i and i think this is where I, I have this debate with other coaches because i think what's interesting in society they look at coaching like anybody can do right it's like oh i could just coach and the reality is is that there is a training process which you did in china i mean here's the thing like your growth from when I knew you as a player to when I saw you again, which of course I haven't seen you in like 15, 16 years, I I told uh, Brendan and I told K Coach Stapleton, I was blown away at the level of, and the word is not maturity, like the level That's that you brought up the level. <laughs> you know, you you brought it up, but it was because of those years of doing it. And I'll say this all right here, on this podcast, just like I told you during training camp, listen, you're the GOAT. 
There's nobody else that should be. We, you don't need our input, damn it. You don't need our input. We have not been the one doing this for six damn years. You were, you were doing this for six or seven years in another country, in China, where you have to speak slowly because you have an interpreter. Dude, I had to do that when I was in Japan. Same thing. Like, you know. that, man, it's tough. So big, I mean, big, big flowers up to you, brother, because, man, you were impressive, and it showed the way you coached your team and you got to the championship game. Like, it, honestly, man, it was freaking amazing. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. You you guys always have been the guys that I've done. You know, I look at as, as real slam ball coaches. So I was trying to be in you guys, you know, talking group. You know, uh, I wanted to be with you, alongside of you guys if I'm going to take the coaching jobs, but I told him, if I want to do coach, if you guys ask me to coach, I want to be a coach because I, I, I would like to prove that, you know, I can think the game is, is you know, mm-hmm. you guys, you know, because, you know, we, we ran through a lot of guys that came in and coached, like we talked about earlier. Um, but, you know, it's harder than they think to understand the moments of slam ball and what needs to happen and, you know, where the, the, right. the areas that you know that that things can happen um, on the offense. Where are the things we need to improve on it, like this, and then understanding the, the progression of the slam ball se- season itself and what's going to happen, how players can go up, go down, uh, you know, ramp up the guy. How you can see this guy's good or better for this. It, it's diff, it's difficult, and it and it shows. And I want to be in in you guys' class. So thank you so much for that, man. I really appreciate that. To be honest, no. um, Ken Carter, Ken Carter, when he saw me, when he finally came, he came late to the one thing that we had. But when he when he came, he, shocking, shocking. <laughs> he started crying. He started crying because he knew I was a, a knucklehead, you know. And and yeah, I had to I had to mature a lot, man. I had to mature a lot. A lot of things happened in life, and you know. But he started crying, like man, I can't believe it. I'm watching you talk and express and say these things and come across like this and you know he was so proud too so i'm i'm so happy and thankful that how life works and you know that i i'm you know here talking to you guys about this stuff no you were fantastic stan and that's what we've talked about this at length like where we think the slashers your coaching staff was unbelievable the way that you had to come in and put a game plan together and a strategy together kind of under difficult circumstances with coach stapleton not not being around at first and then coming back and being able to layer in but you did such a fantastic job and your players loved you and that's that's tough man like any good coach knows it's a fine line between you know respect and fear and all those types of things but you had that perfect balance of you were you were really teaching them you could tell there was a bond between you and your players and that they really respected you and liked you but you also taught the game at such a high level and and your team got better like your team got better every single time you played we you were not a team i can tell you you were not a team that we wanted to face in the finals you were not a team that we wanted to see in the playoffs. I think, truth be told, Coach Coach Baloo and I were like kind of hoping the Slashers would get knocked out of there before <laughs> before we ever had to play you guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> oh, sorry, Jack. Sorry. <laughs> whoa! All right, I'm I'm gonna clip that. I'm gonna clip that piece of the podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, listen together. Clip it together. No, but we talk about like. You've heard people say, oh, it's got to be easy to coach it. It's not. 
just like it's not easy to play it. There's so much that goes into it. People don't understand. Like Stan, I know on social media, you get hit up all the time by guys that want to play it. Pick me up, pick me up. It's like, it's a difficult sport to play people. It's played on three different axes. It's played on the floor. It's played in the slam zone. It's played in the air. Oh, by the way, you need fearlessness. It's cool that you're out there dunking in the park on a trampoline or, or you don't need one. That's great. But can you do it when you have to have a collision 14 feet in the air? Can you do it with, when you're dribbling down the court and somebody can blow your ass up? The answer is probably not. Like it is a very challenging sport. And we talk about like the evolution of coaching and playing. It goes back to the beginning, which you were there for. And you were one of the very first players offensively that brought true artistry to the game. And I'm going to be honest, they hired me as a 23-year-old kid, a 23-year-old college coach coming into slam ball. And I saw some of the artistry and I was like, what the hell are we like? Why is Sean Inches Jackson doing the McNasty? We don't need to do it. I've come full circle on that. I was so wrong because not only is it artistry and it's part of the game, also strategically, we saw the McNasty work twice this year as a strategic advantage. So like talk a little bit about how you developed the artistry that you developed. I know a big part of that was tramp transfer. How did that come about? How did you perfect it? I think a lot of people would be interested in hearing kind of that story. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's you're, you're absolutely right. The things that you were saying, because it, it looks way more flashy than, than it is like useful. Like it, it looks flashy, but really, I'm doing it based off balance. You know, if I'm taking, if I jump up in the air and I take it through my legs, it's, I'm way more on balance than I am than if I jump up straight up and try to keep my body straight. I'm moving my body. I'm picking my knees up. I'm now I'm generating more, uh, more force into the spring when I come down. Now I'm, I'm, I'm leveling my body out and I'm giving myself room to, you know, to get my body on track and I'm being able to see the ball as it comes down. That it just felt way better, more comfortable. It looks flashy, but it really, if I, I try to do it sometimes just without going through my legs, like I don't want to make a flashy play. I'm just trying to get over here because I got to get to this area. That's how it was. And you know, I have to accept it, man. It, I'm going through my legs because I, it feels more comfortable for me. You know, I needed to, I wasn't the biggest player. You know, I was always thin, running around, trying to not get hit. So I needed to stay in the springs. That was my that was my way to to use my advantage to get around, you know. And I can't go at the stopper every single time one on one. I can't. He's gonna get me, you know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be. I don't go as high as TA or or Dak, you know. I I I, I can get up, but I don't get though. I don't get that high. I'm not gonna outlast the stopper. I'm not gonna if I go quick and he catch me. I'm probably not. I'm probably not big enough to move him out the way like Lamonica. You know, so what can I do? I got to trick you. I got I got to move around. I got to get you off balance. I got to get you. And plus, you know, I, my, you know, back with the steel, with the series one, I didn't have too many other options. Snoop was great. You know, Snoop was great. Mike Goldman was great. We, But, you know, sometimes we didn't have other attacking options that was attacking, attacking as much as we needed to at that time for slam ball. So when I came back series two, it was like, Nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way because if I don't see it open now, I need to move from this spring bed to the other spring bed um, to give myself more time to get the, the stopper off balance, so I can get I can be where you're not. That's the whole thing. I'm gonna be where you're not at all the time, you know. So and that's that's helped me with longevity 
with, with playing slam ball. You know, God bless him. Never been hurt in slam ball. Never missed a slam ball game because of injury. You know, have I missed basketball games because of injury? Of course. So when people say that, which one is safer for me? I'd rather play slam ball. I know I'm not going to get hurt, <laughs> you know? So, um, and I'm going to have a lot of fun. But with the transfer thing, it just purely was, hey, we need, I, I was talking to Mason. I said, what is our mid-range? Like, I used to love players like Joe Johnson, you know, um, because he had the mid-range game. He'll, he'll work you, and then they get next to the 17-footer, 15-footer pull-up. I love that game. What is our mid-range game for slam ball, right? I got to be able to move around. How we move through the springs is is our thing. That's what we own now, right? Because everyone else can move and dribble the ball on the, on the floor and all this stuff, pass the ball, throw out the use, all that. But when we move through the springs, that makes us slam ball, right? So we need to identify that and make that really cool so people understand, oh, that's the technique. That's the skill that it takes to get from the side to the top and making a play or see it, see your guy cutting, know the bounce rule, know how to, which, which bounce level to get to, which speed I'm going to go to. If I got to get over there fast, cause I'm making a play, everything is timing. It's a lot going on. That's what I tell people. You got to see three plays, four plays ahead and slam ball. And that makes you like, you see the future, man. Like, you know, it's totally different than any other game. Yeah, and really what I noticed is it what it is is it's just misdirection. A tramp transfer the way you did it at its heart, even though it's a lot prettier than like throwing a lob like we do, all it is is just misdirection around the stopper. So like when you're doing your tramp transfer, what are you what are you watching? Like tell the players in the audience, like what are you watching or looking for when you're because sometimes you don't do one tramp transfer. Sometimes you would do two, sometimes you would do three, sometimes you would switch up your bounce. So tell the audience like what you were looking for when you were doing that. Yep. Um, so at, at first, like I'm looking to see if the the first spring that I get into to start it, I'm gonna look to see if he gets in with me at the same time. If he gets in with me at the same time, he's trying to match my bounce. So now at some point, I know I got, I got a chance. I'm going to make sure when I get to the bottom, it's going to be on a quick because he's matching my bounce. So now I'm going to lower him to sleep. Boom, 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 boom. You get what I'm saying? That's how I'm going to get him. It is misdirection because I'm going to land the, if I land the top and I know I'm about to hit the bottom, I'm going to, I see this or this now because I land straight in the middle. So now I give myself room to make a play, whichever one we lean over to, right? And then now if, I, if he gets in late, if he gets in late, now I got him like this. Now it's just play time because it's, it, it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> That's cold. Yeah. I did see, I and, and Coach H, I'm going to let you in here, but I did see many times against the mob where we always taught our stopper, we were like, get in and match his bounce. Get in and match his, match his bounce. And as soon as they would do that, you would go, second tramp transfer and then a real quick low tramp transfer a real yeah. quick tramp transfer into the scoring bed and you'd get us every single time on that yeah that's the Wait. that's the whole concept now hold on i'm i'm you're talking about the steel team i was like who the hell was on the steel season one so i'm trying to look it up here i mean how about this for teammates all right jeff sheridan um who was with the bouncers had compartmental syndrome if i remember this correct correctly mm -hmm. You had Ken Barnes, which I had no idea. I forgot who who Ken Barnes was. You had Sam Jones. And then you had, what is it, maybe the shortest stopper ever? 
and Robert Grogan. I forgot that dude too. I'm like, you know, we should do where are they now? Because I know where we are now. I want to know where they are now. I thought Robert Grogan was like a stuntman, right? So I thought, you know, he, he just hit him in the air. <laughs> Yeah, but he tried. He tried to hit him, but it just was too little, man. Like, LaMonica was having a field day with him. He was just grabbing him everywhere, just throwing him around the air, <laughs> dunking the ball. Like, what the hell, man? I just got those people. Speedy was my first teammate. I was like, you know, Speedy actually did pretty good. He just didn't get the burn that he needed in order to get better at that time. So when he left and he was doing all this stuff, I was like, see, he, he was ready to do that in series one. You know, um, but Snoop, and then Snoop, Snoop was so dope because he was so effective, yeah. but he wouldn't attack the basket that much because he was like, I oh, don't know how the landing part works, but you know, <laughs> so well, you that's threes and all that stuff. Man. So I, we have, really, I don't know how to understand our team, like the matches, like who picked that team. This this is amazing. Tails is amazing. <laughs> All right, so here's one thing that we talked about a lot. I heard a lot of the I see see Stan, I can't put you in just the old player group because you kind of were a hybrid coach trainer for all those years between old slam ball and new slam ball. But I heard a lot of the old player group that came in to coach for the first time. I heard him talking about, all right, if there was a veteran slam ball team, if you put together a vet, like best six, seven players play old slam ball versus best six, seven players play new slam ball, who's going to win that game? Oh, I, I, we just made, we had just made a list. And um, so I had, I would tell you who's on my list. I had, uh, me, I picked me inches. I picked James with us. Um, you know, because James is super crazy. I, I, I can't do nothing about him, even though you think you really can't do about him. And then I had, of course, Jelani, because no matter what, you're gonna, Jelani does everything. Uh, I had Dion Mays on, on oh, my team. Yeah. I had Duke Nasty on my team. I had David Redman on my team. Um, and then who else did I have? Uh, oh, who? Be careful. There's a lot of old players about to be real hurt right now. I know. That's right. Hurt them, Stan. Hurt them. Hurt them. That's fine. They got to get over themselves. Who else did I have on my team? Uh, I had, uh, who else was that? Oh, well, I can't think of right now. Um, gunner, handler, stopper. Uh, was it was it more gunners? Or... Oh, I had Whitney White. I had Whitney White. Whitney oh, White. Whitney yeah. White. And then I had one more pick. Oh, uh, inches, inches. He put George Bird in this team. Um, but I, I no did. Monica or TA or Noah or any of those no, guys. I had Monica. It was the Monica. Monica. Yep. That's my. That was my eight. I was gonna say the mob is underrepresented in this team. No, nah, that was my eight. No, nah, inches in, in the Monica <laughs> for the mob for sure. I know <laughs> I left out Noah. Noah's so dope, you know. But you know, James just always from the beginning when I first got the slam ball, I was always like, "Hey, that's my big bro. Like that's big brother. You know, he's gonna. He knows where every every time I played him, I just I didn't even talk to him because I didn't want to like 
you know what I'm saying? Make him mad or whatever. Like, I just really respect him. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just you would know that he got 25 points. You would think that he got like three, like three or four, but he's got 25 points, and he's probably dished off the ball a gang of times. He he already tricked. He's got the stopper off the, the rhythm because of the things that he do. Like, seriously, he's thinking out there. So I had to get him LM for sure, hands down. Like, I'm not going to. You know, and I really hate that I missed Chris Robbins on, on there. Uh, I hate that I missed Chris Young on there. But, you know, Dion Mays, I had to, I had to put him yeah. there too. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to uh, complain like my co-host here that the uh, bouncers are mis, um, mis- underrepresented. <laughs> underrepresented here. It's, uh, it's fine. On that list, though, I love that list. I, I think the key thing, though, people are forgetting, okay, who is playing defense on old slam ball teams besides like LaMonica, LaMonica gets you a couple hits. Yeah. But like Sean inches Jackson did. He's on that team. Yeah. Sean plays some D. He played D and he, and he has to around. He'll get you loose balls. He will also. Yep. He's going to, he's going to be a facilitator. He don't have to have the ball, you know, but he's going to cut at the right time. Like Sean is dope, man. So, um, yeah, but, and then I, that's why I had, David Redmond, because yeah, I, David was like if he played on the wing more, people wouldn't be able to get around him. You know, no, he was such a good gunner, and people yeah. don't realize that. I mean, if we were, if the game was more evolved back then, he would have been Amir Smith. You know, yeah. of old slam ball, where you could come up and you could just bang on a stopper anytime you wanted, and you could also come back and make plays on defense. But I love that. Now, who? Who would be your team? Who's the Who's the top seven in you slam ball? Who's representing that side? I had I had uh, I had Tony Crosby, um, Homer. I had Dak. I had Dak. Uh, <laughs> I have Keith McGee. I put Keith yep. McGee on my team. He's I definitely not playing Bryce. defense. I didn't take Bryce. I didn't, and I keep uh, says Bryce. I'm sorry. He's number one draft pick. You don't need my validation at all. You are great. I just didn't see him play that much. So I just, and it's only, I only picked eight guys. So Tony Crosby, Dak, Keith McGee, Gage Smith for sure. Um, I had Amir Smith. Uh, um, and I had Justin Holmes, the juggernaut. Um, the guy went the whole season and only missed one face off. Like that's yeah. Uh, I know. Uh who else did I have? Uh I said Gage. I said Amir. Um I didn't have anybody from the rumble. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say sorry. No. We, we we smash the rumble all the time on this show. Yeah, yeah, um, they 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 was in a great situation. Uh, who was my other two guys? Did you have Kaishan Jones or Ty I McGee? Did. I had Ty. Yeah. I had Ty McGee. Um, we always get one, guys. We always get one. We get one dunk, and we get one in Stan's list. It's like my offense <laughs> can't score. <laughs> Oh man, who did oh I did I picked I picked Cam Hollins. I picked Cam, Cam Hollins. Yeah. 
And if people don't know that, that was the only person I recruited last the last season. Who's that? Cam Hollins? <laughs> well, you did a great job. How'd you let us draft him? Uh, he, I, I was in a weird spot. Mm-hmm. Um, because for I, uh, Stapleton had like four names on his list already. So he had half his list done before he went to the hospital. So yep. <laughs> I was like, I feel obligated with yep. this, you know. Um, but but he was on I caught I like out of nowhere because I saw him dunking doing the, the things off the trampoline. But this is the way he attacked the rim. It wasn't like um um like it wasn't normal. Like the you know trampoline halftime guys they do the trick and they float. You know mm-hmm. they float. He was going at the rim, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was like, whoa! I called him in the morning one time. I just woke up like I'm gonna call him. So I called him on Instagram like, hey, you want to go to Slam Ball? He was like, and you know, he did, you know how Cam is, like, he's, you know, he gives you that face, <laughs> like, I'll do whatever right now, like, come on, was, you gotta come, you have to come, because it, you know, if you, t- if you attack the rim, you was attacking it, when I saw him, the, just for halftime, you attack the rim that hard at halftime, then, then come on, I know this is for a competition, you're gonna do good, but that was my eight, that was my eight. So, That's pretty good, now, who wins? Uh, old slam ball wins that one. <laughs> I, love it. I love it all right here we're getting towards the end of it now listen here's the unique thing about you is you played slam ball one of the greatest if not the greatest player of all time uh you've coached slam ball at a very high level you also work in the front office so there's a lot of players out there a lot of people out there that are like what the hell is happening with slam ball right now give us the take yeah, well, you know, um, we we going back now. Uh, we we're focusing on summer slam ball. Got a lot of good, you know, response from from uh, the sponsors that dealt with us. We're we're adding on more sponsors. Um, we ESPN wants to give us a bigger platform. These are things I can I can honestly say now. Uh, I won't say anything that you know that are potentially happening. That's not. Oh, we want all the speculations, yeah. man. We want all, all of the speculation. You know, uh, but yeah, but the, you know, the biggest thing is that you know it's hard to get broadcasting company like ESPN to even pay your attention, even if they gave you that time, because you know they gave us that one year, cool to see what, what happens. But for them to give us that feedback and say, hey, next time around, we want to open it up a little bit more for you guys, that means a lot, you know, because there's a lot of. Uh, guys that's there that understand sports and been around sports for years and years and for them to say that about our sport and where we came from um, to where we are now is is huge you know um, but yeah series seven I think I think it looks like we'll, we'll be moving from you know city to city I think we might be we planning on doing something like that instead of just being in one spot uh, so hopefully we can pull that off. I'd say that, you know, that hasn't uh, give us something like that right now. Uh, I don't want to get myself in no trouble, and uh, you know, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that, it looks to be really exciting. I think we're going to start a lot sooner than we started last, last summer. We started like right, what, end of May, um, mm-hmm. like that, but I think we might start a little bit, a little bit earlier. Um. And it might be a little bit longer of a season. I think I think it came and went too fast. So I think there's yeah. for a longer longer series. So um, I think the whole focus is going to series seven right now, and not anything else. No tour thing and all that stuff. I I don't honestly feel like we're at the 
the the the the right moment for us as a sport is if we lock in for series seven and we really bring everyone that wants to see us do good and be mm-hmm. back really great. Let's focus on that and knock that out the park, you know, and, and, you know, right now the bases are loaded for us already. You don't need to go out, you know, doing all this other stuff. Bases are already loaded for us. Yeah. Knock it out the park. That's a great call. And I agree with you, Stan, like that. I think the ESPN thing is a perfect marriage. Because if you look at it, we are a sport that has a very young demo. Of course, there's the guys and the girls that used to watch Old Slam Ball that we have back now that are our age, right? They're our mm-hmm. age right now. But it really is that it, this sport can reach the unreachable generation, that 18 to 32-year-old that wants short format, high-impact, high-energy sports. And ESPN, like, let's not beat around the bush. Their demographic is 40-plus. But it is a true heart and soul sports network. So when you have a sport like ours that brings a demographic like that and you have a network like that, that is true heart and soul sports, I think it's like the perfect marriage. So I would love to see an extension of the contract if that's possible and for us to be on ESPN or or the ESPN family of networks for for quite some time. That's just me personally speaking. Yeah, I think if we lock in that that marriage between us and focus on that, that they're, I think they'll get behind us even more and more each, each time that we come out to, to play, yeah. I mean, I'm more interested in just make sure that we kick uh, Cornhole's ass and also that little uh, small court tennis they play, pickleball. pickleball. I just, listen, I just. Pickleball, what does the pickleball have to do with anything? I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and I, I hope, this is my hope. I hope, Stan, that next year we're not wearing sponsors on our shirts because as everybody knows, um, uh, Coach uh, Sandy Fletcher and I love going to Target. Um, or Marshalls uh, or Amazon to get our shirts. So if any of those three businesses would like to, you know, sponsor the Buzzsaw Coaches, just let me know. Hit me up. You just Google Hernando. It's fine. But, yeah, I'm just waiting for that because that will be the piece de resistance with ESPN and Slam all coming together. You're crazy. You guys guys were well-dressed. I was so mad because I I thought I I was just getting to the game, and every time I get there and I play, I was like, Beat me already. <laughs> I was coming to take your hand. I wanted to pour something on your shirt. But... Well, I was more mad. This is what I was more mad. I was more mad. Slam ball season is over. Three months goes by. I go to Target. I go to Target a decent amount. And I'm like, the same shirt I bought for full price is now on sale. Damn it. Man, there goes my clothing budget for Slambone. Damn, I should have kept that receipt. I love it. Well, we're coming up on it. Stan, we appreciate you being on, man. Like, absolutely icon, legend of the game. You have so many different roles with Slamball, still very much involved. So we're very fortunate to have you and your insight on the show. And the one takeaway that I had from all of this is that you said that James Willis is a better Slamball player than Noah Ballou. <laughs> Coach, before he can respond, take us out of here. Noah, Noah's going to be mad no matter what. No I doubt. Could, I put it, he would have been like, you should have picked me first. Yeah, That's he loves mad. to be mad about stuff. He's going to be mad anyway. He does. And even if you did pick him first, he's going to be like, well, I'm still going to beat you when I see you. So. Yep. Yep, and listen, he was mad while driving a Mitsubishi Diamante. Now he's gonna be really mad as he drives that damn Tesla. Go get uh, that Tesla. Yeah. Uh, no. Up. 
Yeah, he is. Go, go, Kirsch. I was going to say, that's that slam ball money. That's what it does for you. He came in a, in a Mitsubishi Diamante, and he left in a Tesla. And I let you know, me and him shared a, got a lot of times in that Diamante, man. A lot of times <laughs> going to San Diego and listening to the Roots crew. Like, I didn't even know he loved Roots as much as me, but I was enjoying the time, man. Me and, me and Noah spent a lot of time doing video. Noah Baloo's car's name was the cream. Diamante. Yeah, the cream dream, for yep. those who didn't know. The cream dream. And he did donate it. He did donate it. So we're appreciative of that. Beautiful. Museum? What was it? To a museum or what? To science? <laughs> no, Goodwill. He donated that <laughs> to Goodwill. That's what he did. I love you, Noah. I love you. <laughs> Take us out of here, coach. We're at time. All right, here we go. Listen, you just had the greatest experience in your life. Don't question me. Don't question me ever about the greatest experience in your life. But here's the deal. We had Stan Shakes Fletcher. They call him the GOAT. He is the GOAT. But I don't like the GOAT emoji because Stan and the GOAT, the GOAT is not the top of the mountain. You know who's on top of the mountain? The lion. The Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's what you are, Stan Shakes Fletcher. You are the Tyrannosaurus Rex, the apex predator. The coming to slam ball. You're coached. You're trained. You're recruited. Like, what is he left in the world? Like, your life. I'm not going to say it's done because you have a lot more to do, brother. Thank you for coming on. You are amazing. Man, you are my hero. And let me say one thing about your fashion. There's nobody, nobody in this world who fits a pair of pants better than you do. Because I tell you what, you want burgundy pants, and I want burgundy pants, and <laughs> you look a hell of a lot better burgundy pants than I did. I'm just saying. You guys are going to make me go through and censor this shit. So, I mean, I'm going to be doing this shit now. Might as well just let it fly. <laughs> <laughs>